Hi, and welcome to the Raw, Real, and Rebellicious podcast. My name is Michelle Rebel Coops, and as a personal branding coach, I guide and mentor high-achieving professionals and entrepreneurs to liberate themselves from the invisible shackles that keep them from expressing themselves authentically and unapologetically in work, life, and even love. I believe we can all become our own powerhouse and become true leaders of our lives. So let's explore how you can become who you're meant to be, a free, radiant, joyful, and juicy creature of love who takes charge like a true leader does. Welcome to the next episode, guys. We're in for a treat today, actually, because I have my very first guest on my podcast. Let me introduce you to Lauren Kren, an awakened masculinity coach, author, and poet. But most of all, he is the man who helps men understand women better. Lauren, welcome. I'm glad to be here, Michelle, really. It's really an honor to have you here. Um, let me just give you a short, or the listeners, a short intro of how I came across your profile. I, I actually don't even remember. I know that it was about eight or nine months ago and I know that I was like blown away by the quality of your content by the truth behind it the depth you're sharing so vulnerably and everything is like spot on I was like I gotta follow this guy so um I don't personally read a lot of content on Instagram, for example, because, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm sure that you recognize what I'm talking about here. So we got to be careful with what we put in so that we can create even more. Um, but your content, it was like fucking hell. So, <laughs> so good. So what I would like to do today is actually start with the same question um, that you asked me when I was on your podcast a couple of weeks ago, which is like, with all the knowledge and wisdom that you have, what was that moment in your life, that pivotal moment that made you to the man that you are today? Hmm. First of all, I'm, I really appreciate your words. I, I'm, I'm feeling honored as well to be here. And yeah, this one moment. I mean, I believe there were many moments that made me the man I am today. But to this, there was one significant traumatic event. And this was when I, when I just turned 15 years old, my father died of cancer. And it was a three-year journey of him going for chemotherapy. I woke up every night, him vomiting. And I would see him each year just losing, losing, losing fat and just getting skinnier and skinnier, getting weaker and weaker and just slowly withering like a flower. And to see this process, to see him, to visit him at the hospital and all these things, it was so intense for me as a little boy. It was so challenging. It was so traumatizing also. And the, the thing is, after these three years when he died, then I, I would never say that I was really depressed in any way because I always had this really warrior mindset to push through, to keep going. I did not allow myself to, to just stay in this dark place. But I would say that most of that, I was 11 when he was diagnosed and that for the next following five, six, seven years, I was in hell. And, and these six, seven years of just ongoing pain and dealing with emotional triggers, dealing with trauma and brought me to, to spirituality and especially to breath work. 
So the only way I found to get out of this pain was through deep breathing, through deep pranayama. So what I would do is I would wake up, have a shitty day, wake up with so much pain. And, but at the end of the day or, or in the morning, depending on what day I had, I would just go in one, two, sometimes even three hours of doing breath work. And I would just cry. I would just cry so intensely. And I would just, I, I found my own way of, and of course, with the help of some other people as well, but I kind of found my own shadow work here, like going into intense breath work and just crying, crying and crying. And, and this, this was actually the portal to, to me becoming a poet and a writer because there, was, there is such a sweetness in that grief. There is a sweetness in this raw pain and raw grief. It's, it's so fragile. I mean, I, I don't wish this upon anyone, but if you truly dig deep, there is such a sweetness there. And then from there, I started writing and writing. And yeah, then I came into men's work, started working with my current mentor, Zat Baraka. And yeah, there were so many things that happened in my life, but so many breakthroughs. But this was this one moment that initiated my journey first into the shadows, the hero's journey, deep into the shadows. And with the help of amazing people and with my fierce warrior spirit, I got out of there. And I wouldn't say that I'm perfectly healed and amazing right now, but I can say with full conviction that um, this was an intense journey and I'm a warrior. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, I can still, you know, a lot of people uh, would not get to where you are, you know, at this point, because, you know, it's also a mindset. Like you said, it's the warrior mindset that took you to that place. Um, so what would you recommend people that are going through trauma, you know, traumatic experiences like you have, what are the three things that they need or you know, is there anything that you can recommend for people to step out of that, oh, life is happening to me mode mm. uh, and transform or transcend that victimizing yourself and stepping into that power? How do you know, what could you recommend? I believe it's a beautiful question. I believe that people who go through very traumatic events or very painful and challenging events, they have only two choices. Choice number one is you are going to suffer for the rest of your life. You're going to be in a constant flight, uh, flight or freeze situation. And this is just going to be your life. A, a one traumatic mess, which sounds very harsh right now, but there is this other choice. And this other choice is, okay, I've gone through enormous pain, but I choose to use this pain as a catalyst for my, to initiate myself into the most powerful version that I am, the most authentic version. And it's really, I wouldn't say that people are, who are traumatized are necessarily gifted, but in some way they are gifted because they've experienced the worst of the worst, like the worst fucking case scenario, the deepest gripping pain. And when you have experienced that, you have like a, you, you really have a strong spine, you know, you have a strong spine and a fire if you awaken that at some point to keep going. So of course I still face resistance and, but going through intense breath work, not everyone can go through intense breath work. Not everyone can, can discipline themselves to move into deep meditation for hours but if you have experienced the worst, you can use this as a catalyst. So there are two choices 
Choice number one, you're going to suffer for the rest of your life and you're going to live a miserable life. Choice number two, you become the most powerful and authentic version that you can be in this very moment. Mm, I love this. I absolutely love this. And this actually brings me to a question that I prepared for later on. But you know how this always goes. We cannot prepare for <laughs> that flow because this touches upon the subject of stretching ourselves mm. because we have this choice. We have this choice of either staying stuck in the struggle, which is very uncomfortable, but it kind of feels safe for people, you know, to feel like they can yeah. just be their own misery or we can expand and we can stretch ourselves, which means that we need to do something differently. And that can be very uncomfortable as well. And it's always that, you know, am I going to stay in that safe zone where I'm miserable or am I going to stretch myself, which can also be traumatic or painful, but it's going to propel me into my best self. Hmm. Um, yeah. What is your experience with that? You know, stretching yourself. How do you keep stretching yourself? Yeah, it's... Um... It's so important, like you say, and it's also, I just want to, before I go deeper into that, I just want to say that if you have really experienced a huge traumatic event and you're in a, in a constant state of panic and, and I, panic attacks are really a severe depression to, if someone who is listening to this right now experiences that, then please don't necessarily take on my advice immediately because it can be too much. You also have to honor where you are at this very moment and if you are really in a bad state, then it might be too much if you just go out there and just expose yourself to all of that. However, most people are not in that state, I assume, and are experienced trauma, yes, but they have this strength right now. They've gathered this courage. Otherwise, they wouldn't be into this kind of work, I believe. And yeah, it's, it's this ongoing journey. My mentor, Zat Baraka, uses this mantra, which is, may my longing for growth be the biggest desire I have, or may my hunger for growth be the biggest desire I have. So basically, it's prioritizing that growth comes above all things, above relationships, above everything. It's all about growth, right? And I'm not talking about superficial growth. That's the stretch. What I'm talking about is really getting to the core issue and working laser focused on that. So if you are depressed, your core issue is depression and whatever comes with that. So that has to be your laser focus until you're able to get out of that dark place. If you are having struggles with money, then this has to be your laser focus thing until you find a beautiful or more powerful, more healthy relation to money and can attract it into your life. And, and this is the opposite of a victim mindset. The victim is like, oh my God, this is so bad and goes on for years and complains. But what I'm talking about here is the growth mindset or the deep inner work mindset. It's this say, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable, but but for the long run, this is going to heal my core issues. And when I can heal my core issues, that's the stretch. The stretch is to find the courage and discipline to get really down to the shadows, to get really to the, to the core of it. Mm -hmm. Not just for, in an example would be, let's say a man is really having problems dating women. And now he goes to a dating coach. That would be a very symptomatic treat of that. 
but probably there is some deeper rooted belief around I am not worthy of being around a beautiful woman. So this is the stretch. This is the growth mindset. Yeah. This is the warriorship, the spiritual warriorship that's needed. Yeah. There are two things that really resonated with me when you were speaking about this. First of all, I want to honor your words for, you know, that little disclaimer, like if you're really going through something traumatic, you do not want to overstretch yourself because you're going to create more trauma. I think that that is really important because a lot of people out there, mindset gurus are talking about how we always need to get out of the comfort zone. Yeah. And that does not do any justice to the fact that sometimes going too far, far out, we're going to only damage ourselves even more. So I think there's a lot of nuances here and you were just speaking about that. So thank you for, for, for mentioning this. And then second, uh, let me think. Oh yeah. You were talking about, for example, when you have some money issues, um, as an example and you know how you need laser focus on that to resolve this and to go deep within and understand why is it that you know i'm not receiving enough or not i'm not you know open to receive more money now this i always find this a very interesting topic especially because i work with quite some spiritually aware people as well as with people from the business world and it seems that there is this gap. And it seems that um, when it comes to money and, you know, asking for money in the spiritual world, sometimes, and it's not always, but some people have difficulties asking what they're worth. And it seems that even with some professions, it's like, yeah, but you cannot ask money for that because that is your God-given gift. Mm. <laughs> now, I have a, a different opinion about that, obviously, but I was just, you know, to bridge that gap between, you know, we're spiritual beings, we have this gift, but we're also in this world where we have money and the whole money system. And yeah, there's... <laughs> I, be I believe there is, a, there, is a, there is a meme around, like uh, you see, and I'm really not trying to be judgmental here, guys, but there is a meme of like, a, I think it was a man or a woman, like a real spiritual hippie, and then there, it's, I don't know what exactly it said, but it said something like meditates or opens her third eye each day, but can't pay her monthly phone bill or something like yeah. this. And yeah. this is exactly it. Uh, this is exactly it. If you can be as spiritual as you want, you can do the most powerful tantric workshops and be like, I'm multi-orgasmic and all of that. But if you can't pay your phone bill, if you can't pay your monthly rent in your house, if you're constantly triggered around money and have problems and issues with that, you are not spiritual or you're bypassing your spirituality because spirituality, in my opinion, has to be applicable. It has to be highly practical. I think one Buddhist master, I think his name is Jack Cornfield, actually. He said something like, if you can't drink a cup of tea, totally present, you are not free. You are not enlightened or whatever name we want to use. It's the same thing here. If you can't pay your bills with a smile, with, with depth and with integrity and just being like, wow, yeah, I'm, I'm abundant. I, I, I deserve to be in that state. Then, then you might want to switch from meditating with your third eye or something like that or buying crystals, which is harsh. I agree. It's provocative what I'm saying. But instead of buying all the crystals, it might be wiser to save some money and use it and invest it for the things that are going to be beneficial. Yeah, 
I think that you're a walking, talking example. I mean, you've invested in your, both in your professional expertise, but also in your business, you know, mm. in, your, in becoming a, a businessman. How do you merge these two worlds? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I believe it's a, it's a beautiful and really important question. I believe also a lot of people easily get triggered around these kind of topics. So for me, if you want to merge the spiritual and, and, and the, the, these worlds are actually, I think the problem is that people think these worlds are divided in the first place. So they think it's a gap. Oh, I'm spiritual. Oh, I'm kind. Oh, I'm meditating. Oh, but I also have to ask money. Wait, that's not spiritual. That's weird. But this is just a, this is just a dogma. This is just a belief, right? I mean, I believe there is no gap in the first place. My business is my spiritual journey. My business is a reflection of my spiritual growth. So if I grow, my business grows. My clients become more. I attract more ideal clients. If I attract clients that I don't necessarily want to work with, then it's always me. The mantra is, it's me. The mantra is not, oh my God, these clients. No, it's me. And not in a sense of, oh, I'm such a bad, I'm so bad. It's so, such a shame what I'm doing. That's the victim mindset again. But it's like, it's me. Okay, what can I change about how I'm manifesting these clients? Or what can I change about that and this, whatever? So my business, your business, it's, it's in my opinion, at least, in my humble opinion, a reflection of our spiritual nature, of our spiritual growth. So these have to be intertwined and they are, in my opinion, intertwined. And as long as there is a belief that there is a gap, oh, today I work on my spiritual journey, but tomorrow I get triggered on the phone with a salesman or whatever, that, that doesn't really work, in my opinion. You, you got to fuse the two together and, and really understand that your spiritual nature is revealed exactly in the topics which are high triggering, such as money for many people, such as whatever, sex, money, these kind of topics. And if, if these topics are a constant trigger for you and your spirituality only works when you're kind of in nature and buying crystals and are at a tantra workshop or at a whatever workshop, then your spirituality is very flawed and there needs to be a deeper understanding around what your spiritual what what spirituality is for you yes yes thank you for pointing this out what you're talking about actually is how we all need to take responsibility yeah in that sense and that means that we are leaders of mm -hmm. our own lives this is something that i talk about in my own podcast and in my content how we are all leaders because we lead ourselves so what would you say that nowadays in this world are the most important uh, qualities that a leader must have? Hmm. Well, I believe it's a really powerful question. Um, I believe there are so many, but I'm just going to give my best to give a couple. So the first one is, like you said, it's radical responsibility. It's me, it's me, it's me. Your relationship doesn't work, it's me. Not in a shame or guilt mindset, but it's me. What can I change about that? What can I own? That's a powerful question. The leader always asks, what can I own in this triggering or negative situation? And what can I own doesn't imply that it's your fault. It implies that you own your energetic part in that whole thing. And 
you just own that. That's the, that's the only thing you can do in life. You have no control ab about the rest. So the first one is radical responsibility. You wake up, you're triggered and you have a client. Okay, you got to go into meditation or your spiritual work or spiritual practice and work with that. Process it to a certain degree where you can be in service to your clients. You can't be fully triggered and talking with your client in this immensely high charge state. Well, you can, but that's not radical responsibility. So it's this really fierce approach, fierce and loving to call yourself out on the bullshit. Then the second most important quality for a leader is to really have a practice or we can say spiritual practice or we can say mindset practice, but to have something to really a place where, 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 the, where you can bring all your fears, all your doubts, all your worry, and just kind of dissolve that or transcend that. So this could be journaling, this could be breath work, this could be doing yoga, this could be just as going to the gym, having a consistent physical practice, although I really recommend spiritual practice as well. But this is the second thing. It's like really having a consistent practice in whatever shape or form, trust your intuition. And I, I would say the third one is... Um, the third one is authenticity, but authenticity is so often it became this buzzword, this buzzword, oh, be authentic, oh, be you, ah, fuck that. What does it mean to be authentic? It means you feel confident, safe, and relaxed in your body. It means you're inhabiting, you're embodying this authenticity. You are not acting as you're, if you're confident. You are not saying things and don't mean them actually. Authenticity means you say what you truly mean. You do what you truly want to do. You are what you truly are in this moment. And this takes so much work, so much mindset shifts, spiritual shifts in every area. But it's this, it's really authenticity. Be you, put your unique flavor to the work you're doing. And this unique flavor is, it's, is what's going to propel you into this massive success. Because I can just give the example. When I started my journey as an entrepreneur, I kind of just copycatted all the other people. And yeah, I got some likes. I got some people at times who wanted, who wanted coaching, but these were not my ideal clients. These were clients where I felt like, oh, what the fuck is this? I don't really feel like this is an opportunity for both of us to grow. I didn't really feel like, and then I, I tried to speak like a spiritual guru and do all these things, but it felt so not aligned. And of course, this showed up in the rest of my life as well, because I wasn't honest and authentic. But now the work that I'm doing, the work that you are doing, it's our authentic work. I'm not asking myself, oh, is this the right thing? Or oh, am I good enough? I know I'm one of the fucking best in this area. I just know that. I feel that. I embody that. And this does mean that I'm perfect again. I have my shit. But it means I truly wholeheartedly believe that. All right. So... Now, this is, I love this, by the way, what you're mentioning, because this is something that I always tell my clients as well. Like, yeah, you want to treasure the gifts that you have, what you're unique at, and fuck the rest. You don't want to be copycatting mm. or, you know, uh, feeling like you need permission. But to really step into that confidence and believe that about yourself and not just believe it, but embody it and realize, you know what? I am the fucking best at what I do to step into that power. That can be quite challenging for people because then all the voices, you know, all the mind fucks and the talks like, yeah, but what if people are going to reject me? Whatever they're going to judge me? What if my 
uh, peers in the same area, if they're, if they're going to disagree with me, what would you say um, is the most important thing that we need to actually step into that confidence and to hmm. forget about all that talk? from other I, I believe it goes back to what you said before. It's about stretch or, or leaning into resistance. So I think a lot of people believe that people like you and me showing up here, doing this deep work as coaches, as speakers, as writers, whatever that is right now, often people believe we're fearless, right? That we are perfect. There's this kind of idealized, oh my God, they are at a stage or they, are, have, they have written this book or they're so amazing. How can I be that? But the truth is, I shit at the same toilet, maybe not the same toilet, but a very similar constructed toilet like each person out there. And I go through the same shit. I, I experience the same. I, I mean, I struggle also with the belief, am I worthy enough? I even would say that I have a small imposter syndrome because when my success is as, at its highest, there comes this tiny voice, which is like, yeah, but are you really worth of that? Are you really good enough to have all of that? And it's really about leaning into this. Now, I could say, oh my God, this voice, I'm so unworthy. No, I have to quit. But no, this voice is like, it's, 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 even, it's even, it's this sacred humility. Like you're doing all this work, but then there is this shadow showing up and it's like, beautiful, beautiful. I'm still a human. I'm still just someone on the journey growing and, and learning and understanding more about life and, and knowing myself. And it's this sacred humility to, to, to be like, okay, wow, wow. And no matter how successful I am, no matter how, people, how much people put me on a pedestal, I am still just a human being, fragile, raw, naked, vulnerable. And I use it, I see it in this context. So I'm not saying that I find it immensely beautiful when I have my shadows and I'm like, wow, again, another shadow. I'm so grateful. No, of course, I'm fucking triggered at times and I have an emotional charge. But it's more in this context of, okay, I'm going to meet this with compassion. I'm going to meet this with, with my heart instead of trying to reject it and be like, but I shouldn't have these thoughts, right? Because I should, I should, because other people don't have these thoughts, right? No. Who says you shouldn't have these thoughts? Who says you shouldn't be really afraid right before um, you go on that speaking event or you go on stage? Who's, who says that? Who says that you have to be super confident and feel like, wow, I'm born for this. It's just a belief. It's just a belief. It's not the truth. Fear never is the truth. Never. Absolutely love this. Thank you for mentioning this. Now, this for me is somewhat related to honoring our inner masculine energy and our inner feminine energy because, you know, we tend to feel that we need to show up in a very masculine way. We always need to be steady and confident and have that clarity, which are very important qualities. But then there is the other side of us that longs to be vulnerable and you know, that wants to have a place at the table as well. And I feel that um, there is a dis an imbalance in this world in, um, you know, uniting these two energies within ourselves. Um, what would you say that the world needs when it comes to those qualities and how, or how can we balance that in a better way in your mm. opinion? Yeah, I mean it's 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 really true. It's it's 
how vulnerable how how vulnerable can you be to an extent where it doesn't hurt you or 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 makes you i'm not going to i'm going to say make you appear weak but i'm going to explain the context behind this because otherwise people might not understand so the basic example is vulnerability a lot of people these days say be vulnerable be vulnerable be vulnerable beautiful advice but just like any advice you have to take with a, with a grain of salt because imagine a guy uh, or someone attacks you on the street. I hope this doesn't happen to anyone, but just metaphorically, someone attacks you on the street and you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so anxious right now. And this is maybe a stupid example, but this is not a time to be vulnerable. This is a time to be fierce, to run, to protect yourself, to actually protect yourself fiercely. This is not a time to be vulnerable. Or when somebody crosses your boundaries and humiliates you, humiliates you, completely stepping over your boundaries, this is also not a... Not, they don't deserve your vulnerability. You saying like, hey, I just want to say that I really like you, but I feel really uh, triggered right now. Fuck that shit. Fuck it. If someone humiliates me, I don't have to be kind. I don't have to be a sweet lover. Well... The forgiveness part is crucial. I can be vulnerable with myself and my judgments and my triggers around that, but I'm not going to be a kind, loving, beautiful man. I'm not going to be a rude asshole necessarily because that doesn't help, but I'm going to be very clear and say, for instance, you don't treat me like that or otherwise you have a huge problem, which might come across to people as, oh my God, a threat and this is, this is bad, but it isn't. You have to protect, and this is, the, this is the thing. You have to know the balance between protecting your sacred space, your heart, your, your boundaries in intimate relationships, business, everywhere, fiercely. You have to protect them fiercely. Or, or if people don't like the word protect, you can say honor. You honor your no fiercely. But at the same time, at the same time, you bring vulnerability, if it feels safe, if it feels aligned, as much as possible into your life, into your relationship with a lover, into your business. But you have to be very aware and, and be very keen when it is a time to be vulnerable and when it is a time to be very fierce and maybe just be vulnerable with yourself. And now the last practical example to really, to really make this more applicable for all of you. Uh, as a, as, as I've coached, I'm coaching many men throughout the globe and they're, I would say there are two types of men. There is one, this one type, which is more emotionally numbed down. And then there's the other type, which is highly emotional, highly sensitive, feeling, expressing all of that. I would say I am more in that category. So now me as a more sensitive, emotional and feeling guy, which, which doesn't mean that necessarily the person is feminine, but that's another topic. I need to process my triggers first before being vulnerable. So if I'm vulnerable in the middle of my trigger, it will come across as whiny, as complaining, and as very disorientated. Now, if I process this in my meditation, then I can bring this with much clarity and a sense of grounding to the world, to my lover, to whoever. But now the man or the woman who is very emotionally numbed down and disconnected, they might be vulnerable as much as possible because you're anyway very numbed down, emotionally unavailable. So you can give that extra stretch. And I believe this is a kind of broad 
understanding of, of how we can find this balance between honoring our no, protecting our boundaries fiercely and being very vulnerable, open and exposing ourselves nakedly to the world. Yeah. You're mentioning some really interesting points here because you're mentioning how we should be showing up vulnerably, you know, when the time is right, but also protecting our hearts in it, you know, because there's, there's basically a time and space for everything. Yeah. Um, how do you differentiate between knowing when you're in your fear? Because, you know, the thing is that I see, and I specifically see it with women, but I'm sure that you speak a lot with men about this, that women tend to, to go to the shadow side, like become, um, yeah, disappointed, hurt, neglected, feel neglected by their partners or previous partners so that now their heart is they become bitter and resentful uh, maybe even skeptical about love and about men and closing down as as a result now that is a kind of protection that is not real protection i would say and that doesn't really allow for vulnerability um what can women do to reopen their hearts that way to allow that vulnerability in the right way Hmm. Yeah, I mean, what I what I what I say might be provocative for some people, but I just ask to that people listen like with, that. An, with an open heart. It's um, if you have a feminine core, and what this means is that you are naturally just you want to be more in the flow. You don't want to be in structure all the time and be like getting one thing done after the other, and you think logically about every little thing. If you have a very feminine core, if you, I mean. Pff, everyone can probably relate to this. If you have a very feminine core and you can't, you are not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy when you are fiercely protecting your heart all the time. Because what the feminine yearns is to feel love. And how can you feel love is through openness. So there's always an opening in the feminine. Now, this opening doesn't mean that you open towards everything and don't get anything done anymore. You can still have a business. You can have your structure, have your plans, have your schedule, be very clear around your boundaries. But at the same time, you just dedicate time to, for this opening to just receive. As the feminine, it's about receiving. So I believe if these women practice more receiving, it would just, their heart would crack open and their business and all of that would become even more powerful. And I think that's the fear, right? It's this fear of, oh, what if I lose my drive? If I, if I don't stay in this kind of closed heart armoring place, disconnected. But the truth is, if you open and the deeper you open, which doesn't mean you open and are like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna let every guy in but you open as the feminine to receive, to receive your highest intuition, to feel your, your softer parts, your softer feminine parts, your soft heart, and bring that into the world. I believe this is conscious feminine leadership. And this is, this is the rise of the feminine. I've, feminine, I've written about this. It's going to be part of my book as well, is, of my upcoming book. It's, um, it's this powerful combination as a woman to kick ass and at the same time to, to, to nurture your heart, to nurture this feminine yearning, to, to feel, to receive for connection, for intimacy. Yeah. 
absolutely love this. For me, this has been quite a journey of allowing that, allowing myself to feel again, allowing myself to open up. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I, I think it was on Facebook that I started talking or having this discussion about this topic where there were a few women, they were quite a little bit younger than I am and they were still in that, you know, I'm a feminist and um, I don't even like the whole idea of that as a, as a woman or as a feminine, I need to behave in a certain way. We were talking about the words masculine, feminine energy, basically, which is, I explained about the energies, but not about gender per se. Um, but I felt that at that moment, um, and I still feel that sometimes people, women tend to think that there is no difference between men and women, but there are, which, and I know that you have an opinion about this as well. Would you like to comment on this, please? Yeah, so, um, I mean, feminism. Feminism was very important or is a very important movement because we still live to a certain degree, to a high degree, actually, in a patriarchy. And it's just, we need more feminine leaders. We can't have only men as politicians. We can't have only men as business owners. We need this to be equal. So feminism is totally right in that sense. We need equality on all levels, economically, every fucking where. And everyone who says that's not true, men should have more rights, is an idiot. It's simply an idiot. Because common sense says we are all one. We are all equal. Now, what's important is the feminine movement came with, and it was so necessary for all of us, so necessary for the collective consciousness. But what happened at a certain point, what always happens with every religion is this kind of idea became an ideology. Mm -hmm. It became the answer to all our problems. But let's not forget, feminism is the answer to patriarchy. Feminine is the answer to a completely masculine, dominant society, especially wounded masculinity. Mm -hmm. But feminism is not the answer to experience deep, intimate relationships, to experience profound sex, to experience this wonderful dance between masculine and feminine energies. Actually, it's the opposite. It doesn't have an answer at all. It interrupts the dance entirely. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm talking about the typical feminism, which we know of. I probably there are also different sorts of it. I can totally understand that it's difficult as a woman to, to surrender to the masculine. Because why would you if you have been hurt many, many times? And the truth is, the moment a man is inside you, is inside your temple, it, it just leaves an energetic imprint, which now importantly, it doesn't make you dirty or anything. Christ, no. Fuck no. But it, 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 it closes your heart. It, it, it creates even more armor. This is the energetic imprint that happens. It, it, it forces you almost to protect yourself even more. And it creates this idea that men are not safe to be around. And it's not just an idea. It's the fucking truth. So that's why I'm so passionate about the, the rising of feminine, conscious feminine leadership is because it's going to kick that kick the ass of that of this kind of wounded energy which is still in our collective but here is the thing 
if you experience as a woman to surrender fully to an awakened man, to a man who is showing up, who makes you feel safe, then you realize that part of your nature is this opening, is this surrendering. And now here's the crucial thing. You only open and surrender when you feel safe. End of story. And of course, you can also open and surrender internally toward the world. It's not that you have to wait for a man to become that kind of woman. It's that you can become that kind of woman right now. And then you will simply attract much more conscious men into your life. Right, exactly. Because we can, well, first, of, first and foremost, we need to feel safe within ourselves. We cannot wait for someone else to provide it. And just to clarify to the people who are listening, the man and woman thing is also about the polarity of the energies. I mean, sometimes, I mean, if you're in a same-sex relationship, then there is the same kind of polarity going on, right? Mm. So, um, but it is first and foremost about creating that safety within yourself. What would you say are good practices for people to create more safety within themselves? Mm. I, f I believe it's about inhabiting your body. It's about the embodiment work. It's, it's a lot of spirituality is aimed in transcending your body and going up and high, high, high. To that I say, fuck that bullshit because that's really, really stupid advice to tell someone who is already completely up their minds, completely trapped in logical thinking, transcend, go up, go into the sky, shut the fuck up. No, that person needs to first of all restore that connection with their body that means restoring our connection as women, as a woman with your yoni, with your vulva, with your sexual organs, and as a man or the pelvic area, the sexual chakra. And as a man, it's the same thing. It's about this, this huge disconnection between the lower body and the upper body for men and women. So the, the work is embodiment. Now, embodiment work is different for men and women, or is it different? In the end, it's the same, but there are some differences. For instance, for men, it can be really warrior embodiment work, like really pumping one's fist against the chest and really doing this deep warrior, like in Indian, Indian like natives used haka, the haka, the haka dances, or these kind of things. It's a very masculine approach to embodiment. As the feminine, it could be a much more softer approach, not necessarily, but for instance, for instance, taking a, taking a hot bath and self-pleasuring yourself and really going all over your body, touching yourself so tenderly and so lovingly. So that is, I believe, what creates safety. It's getting to know our body and feeling and inhabiting our body. And inhabiting our body makes us feel safe. So how do you inhabit your body? You, you remain with your breath. You don't lose sight of your breath. Your breath is the kind of connection between, it's this kind of bridge between the, this, the outer world, the kind of spiritual world or the sky, the heavens and your roots, your body, your temple. So the breath, it's almost like you're breathing this life force, the chi into your temple. Your body is a temple and you should feel safe in your temple. You should not open that door for dirty for, for, some, for someone with dirty shoes to enter. It should be, so it's boundaries, creating very clear boundaries of how you treat your body, sleeping, when you have sex or don't, when you engage physically or not. And it's, and it's um, yeah, 
That's basically it's 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 inhabiting, embodying, feeling your body, and allowing yourself to feel the pleasure of being a fucking human being. It's not a coincidence that you are having this body, and otherwise you could be also a floating spirit. But you are not that. You are this body. Feel it. It's fucking beautiful. I love my body. Yes. Yeah, you're um, mentioning everything that I believe is important in you know making love to life. Basically, it's mm. just living life in the here and now, and knowing treasuring our bodies as something that is so sacred and such a gift to us, and that pleasure is our birthright. Um, now, conscious sexuality um, and intimacy is one of your key topic, topics. Um, and, well, I'm sure that you will agree with me that our sexual energy is a very powerful tool that we can use in our daily life and how we express ourselves, how we show up as leaders. Could you explain just to the people who are listening and are like, yeah, but, you know, when it comes to leadership or my business, Sexuality, ah, how does that, how, what do the two of them have in common? Or how are they related? Yeah, beautiful question. Love it. Love all of your questions. Um, in the typical way sex is being seen, it doesn't really it gets associated with leadership, right? It doesn't really connect because you are, you are a leader, you are of your business, and then you have sex, right? But, but this is not my approach. This is not, this is not my understanding or my downloads about, about, about these topics. And um, conscious or sacred sexuality is, uh, is understanding that sex is more than just pleasure. It's more than just having a good time in the bedroom. Sacred sex is the most rejuvenating thing or one of the most vitalizing, energizing, rejuvenating things or practices you can engage in. And if it's really sacred, if these are truly highly trained, skilled people, it's meditation. It's deep, profound meditation and union with the cosmos, union with God, union with the universe, or even if you don't like all these labels, union with your heart union with your body, union with who you identify with. And now seeing and understanding this context, if your sex life is bullshit, then you cannot be a leader. Because here is the thing, it goes even more than to having sex. It's what you mentioned before. Your sexual energy is in Taoism, Taoism Taoist Tantra, for instance, your sexual energy is the most powerful energy there is. So for instance, when I, um, I train myself to, be, to have orgasms without ejaculating, these are called internal orgasms. It's, and uh, yeah. And the thing about having internal orgasms is it gives you an energy, a drive and a sense of strength that nothing else gives you. So you can eat the best food, you can, you can sleep as long as you want, but if you give your sexual energy away, if you completely waste it by not having a conscious framework and context, or, and wasting does not mean to have sex, but if you have it with the right people or with people who you feel really connected to, it's energizing. It gives you so much depth. Intimacy is a core 
desire in us. You can't be a leader and be deprived in your intimate life. At the same time, when you're having, experiencing intimacy with yourself, which is highly important as a leader, you will naturally experience intimacy with other people as well. There is no not one without the other. So if you want to become an amazing leader, you got to learn to master your sexual energy. Mastery of your sexual energy means not that you become a fucking dogmatic monk and, and, and whatever that is. It means that you are able to, to work with it consciously. You don't waste it. You have clear boundaries around it. And you also, even if you have no lover right now, you simply give yourself the time to self-pleasure yourself. Pleasure, like you say, pleasure is our birthright. Yeah. So I don't know any leader who, who has not done some conscious sexual sexuality work because the truth is you can't be a true leader if you don't do anything around that topic. True that, absolutely. And when it comes to self-pleasuring, there is this whole idea that people have that it's about, you know, a quick rub and getting it over and done with. So what would you recommend, just to get very practical, what would you recommend that people, men and women, do when it comes to a self-pleasuring ritual? Mm, I love it, yeah. I mean, it's still, I believe it's still the, the influence of the church of the past who, it is, these doctrines, this garbage is still in our brain, which is in our conditioning, in our, in our in the collective consciousness, which is like, okay, gonna have a quick rub and then return to, to normal life, right? It's this behind the curtains, sexuality. No, when you self-pleasure yourself, it should be done with the most profound love. Like it's the tip of the ice cream. It's the, it's the creme de la creme. It's, it's this one thing, even if your entire day was really challenging, but your self-pleasure, it needs to be a deep self-loving ritual. So not just five minutes, quick, 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 but take half an hour. Fuck, take two hours. Why? Why? Because it's not a waste of your time. People believe it's a waste of your time. Well, it isn't. Because if you self-pleasure yourself for an hour, you touch your entire body. You really connect with your heart, with your yoni or with your cock. Then you are automatically attracting much better intimate partners. You are becoming intimate with yourself. You are feeling more safe. All these are the exact qualities which are needed to manifest more success, to be a better leader. What is a leader? A leader is it's all about also, so yeah, that's it. And also energy. It gives you energy. This is, that's what I wanted to say. Kind of lost track here. This is energizing. And you need, people need to learn to energize them with more than just going to the gym. And because the truth is, Two things which are most energizing in this world, in my opinion, from what I've seen, sexual energy and chi, spiritual energy. So through meditation, through ecstatic dancing, whatever you choose to do, and at the same time, your sexual energy. So if that is suppressed, if that is being rejected, if that is behind the curtains, you are basically leaving the most powerful thing in the world just locked in a prison cell and it's a shame it's a shame 
to do that. It's a shame to not express our sexuality. It's in my opinion, let's, we can even use the word sin. It's a sin that you are self-pleasuring yourself, really hidden and don't talk about it. It's a sin that you're not having sex and exploring yourself sexual, sexually in a conscious way. It's a fucking sin. Yeah, so it's almost the other way around from how we've been conditioned still. I mean, even though many people are not necessarily religious anymore, but there's still this taboo around, you know, uh, self-pleasuring. And, you know, it's something, ooh, <laughs> we don't really talk about that. And it's still for, and I still believe that there are many people who feel like there is a, that that's a no-go. It's something that you don't do, especially as women, like to admit that you self-pleasure. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I, I believe it's, it's so beautiful. And if anyone has a problem with that, they can shove their opinion up their fucking ass. Really. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And what you're saying is actually that it's the other way around, right? So it's not a sin to self-pleasure. It is a sin not to really self-pleasure. Yeah, well, it that, is. That's it. It's a sin to not enjoy your life to not experience pleasure, to not have fun, to not experience this experience as a human being. It's a sin to live a cold-hearted life disconnected from all the joy and love that is inside you. Definitely, definitely. And this, is, this has such a big influence on how we express ourselves. I mean, the energy, like you were speaking about, the energy that is just flowing in our bodies after we have this amazing conscious self-pleasuring practice or even with a lover and if it's like really nourishing you can see it in our skin and the way that we look into the world you know our eyes it's different we smile differently it's the the muscles relax right so yeah we show up differently we show it's, up. it's 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 even it's that as well but it's so crazy even it has been well, I'm not sure if it's scientifically proven yet, but people are working on it. Doing this kind of work, self-pleasuring yourself, it has an effect on your organs, on your, on your immune system. It's not just that you look better or that you seem better. It's that this is really coming from deep, deep within. And I'm sure in the near future, when they do more studies around this, which is a shame that there aren't more studies, but I, I think it's beautiful that the, that the kind of focus is going more into these areas. I believe 100%, 100%, I know this, is, this might be very, very interesting for some people to hear, but self-pleasuring yourself and engaging consciously with your sexuality is, might be as important as eating healthy food. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, um, I mean, when we look at our basic needs, then food and drinking and sex, they're on the same level. Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and right, this is connection. This is intimacy. And I think there was even this one study where there were two baby monkeys and both were deprived of food and one baby monkey got like a, just a doll of his mother and the other one got food at a certain point and the one with the doll survived longer without food and the other one simply died because it was so deprived of intimacy and connection. 
And well, what you just said is true. I forgot that completely. There have been studies done, and this is scientifically proven even, that social connections, and it's important, social connections is intimacy, connection, sacred sexuality, sacred self-pleasuring is all part of that. This is not a different realm of it. Is the number one driving factor of our health. I love this. And if you have amazing people around you, I, I mean, I personally feel amazing then. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I mean, they say, and I mean, and all the leadership books and all the business books will mention that we are the sum of the five people that we hang out with the most. I bow to that, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a very, to be conscious of who you surround yourself with, how you live life, how you make love to life, how you self-pleasure. And you know, that, that has such a huge influence on how we show up and how we lead from the heart. Yeah, it's, um, I believe even going as far as throw anyone out of your friendship circle, where your intuition is saying like there is something off here. Well, it's not about being a, a being a completely disconnected asshole and just removing people every second because you don't like them. You can talk about it, but if you're having a constant intuitive insight, there is something off about this person. I'm and you and especially when you are in their presence and don't feel great, again and again, this is your body telling you something. This is your body literally telling you something. And, and I'm harsh at that. If I see I don't feel safe and great, well, of course, I voice that. I'm not just saying goodbye, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. But no, and I, I, as a leader, I believe it's important to have this kind of mindset, which, which is intense, but I'm an intense guy. Um, if someone does not contribute to your life, and there is always a giving and receiving, right? So you also contribute to their life. Yeah. They don't deserve to spend a single second with you because your time is so precious as a leader, as someone who is serving the world, it's utter waste of your potential, of your love. They don't deserve even that you text them back. They don't deserve it because why would they? There are fucking 8 billion people or even 10 now on this earth. Choose your peers, choose your brothers, choose your sisters carefully. And if something feels off, out of your life. If a relationship feels off again and again, break it up, break up, leave it. Yeah. And this requires a lot of consciousness as to what your body is telling you, obviously. So this again... Uh, just reinforces what you said before, how important it is that we connect with our bodies, that we learn to read the signs. Yeah, of exactly. What, what, what the wisdom that is in our bodies, which is why it's so not just about the mental thing and about meditating and the, you know, higher conscience, but it's very much about what is here and what is right now and that we learn to use our bodies in our advantage. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely love this. Um, listen, I could talk on for hours and hours and hours, <laughs> obviously, because I already have like, oh, we <laughs> could talk about that and that. I think that we are pretty, we've been pretty talking for a pretty long time. So I'd just like to slowly move to closing this, this session. Um, so, you know, if the people listening to this talk 
would remember only one thing. <laughs> what would you like to be their biggest takeaway? Trust yourself. Trust yourself in the journey. Trust in the way you make love. Trust in the way you do business. Trust in the way you handle relationships. Do it your way. Do it your way, which doesn't mean that you are just bashing through and tearing buildings apart and this is my way or the highway, but do your way. We need more authentic and unique flavors. This is what changes the world because every leader I see has a unique fucking flavor. And all the copycats and people who are like, oh, I don't feel them, I, they don't have a unique flavor. Own. So it's trust yourself, trust your way, and own your way, and even love your way. Mm. Yeah, that's a juicy one. So talking about your flavor, if you would be an ice cream, <laughs> <laughs> What kind of ice cream flavor would you be? And you can be very creative here. Wow. Okay. You got me. You got me on the spot right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that. I can answer all kinds of questions, but this one is actually the most challenging one, yeah. but I love it. So I'm only, a, yeah, I'm not allowed to use metaphorical things. I'm just, I'm, I really have to use like cookie and these kind of things, right? Yeah, but you can make up your own, you know, uh, your own flavors, just whatever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you want to use some kind of uh, um, um, mint flavored, uh, I see, spicy, I see. whatever. <laughs> okay, so um, I would be a mixture of dark chocolates, which I connect to the dark masculine energy, this kind of gritty wild man energy. So there's a lot of dark chocolates. And yeah, then there is also um, just strawberry. For some reason, it's strawberry to give that kind of erotic, kind of sensual, kind of um, also experiencing pleasure and soft, soft. So it's really, it's too, it's the polarity. It's strawberry and fucking dark, dark, dark chocolate. <laughs> I love it. Do you want to drizzle it with some kind of nice sauce mm. maybe? Well, um, I would use, I don't know exact English term for it, but I, I would use this, this coconut risps mm, or okay. I, I would drizzle it with that. Yeah. Yeah. That For is some nice. reason. They're crunchy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Crunchy. Yeah. Very so I would be a polarity ice cream. That's what I would be. A polarity provocative. And people would be like, okay, yeah, it's kind of cool, but it's also really intense. And the flavor, this kind of ice cream is what I would be. Yes. I would maybe even add some chili peppers. I, f I wanted to say that, but it tastes fucking awful. So. Yeah, but it, yeah. Well, but yeah, I mean, I wanted to say I would add some spiciness. Everyone. It's but, not for everyone. Yeah, but it would not even be for me. I wouldn't like my <laughs> own ice cream then. <laughs> so that's why I didn't add it. True that. True that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely loving this. Listen, if people want to follow you or find you, contact you, yeah. where are you on this brilliant worldwide web? 
So my number one platform is Instagram. That's where most of the people are. That's where most of my followers are. I'm, you can just find me on Instagram at Lorin Krem, just Lorin Krem. And I've got a website. I've got a new one coming up soon, but you can still apply for coaching at my website, lorinkren.com. You can find me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as Lorin Krenn as well, but it's called the Awakened Masculinity Podcast. And I also do have, do have a YouTube channel as well, Lorin Krenn. So basically, you can find me fucking everywhere. Obviously, I'm going to include all the links and account uh, names in the, in, the, in the podcast. And just for the people who are not, who are just listening now, Lorin Krenn is L-O-R-I-N and then Krenn with a K, K-R-E-N-N, double N, right? Yes, exactly, double N. Exactly, just to clarify that. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your time, your, well, all of these golden nuggets with us. It's an honor. It has been an honor. Good. Great. Well, I'm sure that we're going to have some more <laughs> opportunities. To I hope so. I hope so. In the future. So, yeah. I'm just going to say to everyone listening, have an amazing juicy day. And don't forget that tonight there's going to be some extra self-pleasuring time because you just heard it. This is important to us. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're hungry for more, please check out my Brand Rebel app in the App Store or the Play Store. Just simply type in Be a Brand Rebel and you will find it instantly. It's free and it's fun. For now, have a magical day. Stay raw, stay real and stay rebellious. Thank you.